I heard one of you. Good morning. Once again, glad to, uh, to see everybody. Pull me up just a hair in the back, if you would. Just a hair. Well, so glad that, uh, that you're here. Again, let me uh, welcome everybody to Fun in the Sunday. We're particularly excited to have all of our guests. It was great to just see all the children come streaming in a few minutes ago. It's great to see them go to class and, and watch our volunteers. We're going to have a great time with them over there. And then we're looking forward to, uh, to going out there and, uh, and, uh, and, and getting in the water. And so, uh, you know, we've, had to, we've, had to, we've got great weather today. Do we? Oh, we absolutely do. And, you know, we normally, we normally do our fun in the Sunday either at the end of July or the early part of August. And myself and uh, our two other shepherds, our two shepherds, Tommy and Jeffrey, we got together and said, hey, we want to push it back a little bit so maybe it won't be quite so hot when we're standing out there doing fun on the Sunday. And, hey, look, it worked out pretty well. We've got a nice day. It's beautiful. We've got a high of like 81, and the water is going to, well, you know, the water will be cold. And so we'll, uh, we may have to call it like chill in the ville, but it'll be fine. It'll be good. We're going to have a good time. If you've got your Bible, go ahead and open to Colossians chapter 3. If you've got a tablet, if you've got a phone or whatever, you can open that up to Colossians chapter 3. And we're going to be there in, uh, in just a very, very few minutes. Well, have you, uh, have you enjoyed worship today? Good, good. I have too. I have really enjoyed uh, singing with you. I've enjoyed the, the spirit that has moved through here. I really appreciate uh, Jeffrey and has, as he led us through communion, and I really appreciate, appreciate the way Tim uh, prayed through Psalm 34 for us. That was just a, a really neat thing to do that. And, you know, uh, I think the way we have worshiped today maybe says less to do with how we dress to come to worship than the heart that we bring to worship. Does that make sense? What really matters to God, more than anything else, I think more than the outside, is what's going on on the, on the inside. Do you agree with that? And so, you know, at, at Cornerstone, we, you know, we're, we're fairly casual in our, our, our dress anyway, but if you're visiting and you're wondering if I always dress like this on a Sunday morning, the answer is no. I usually wear something a little different. I usually wear, wear jeans and like a, 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 a shirt, but our attitude at Cornerstone has been, look, God doesn't care what you look like. He doesn't care. We don't care. Just come and let's get together and let's worship God. Okay. And so that's why we always say, come just as you are. Now then, there have been rumors that I don't actually own a suit. I'm going to give you some there. I do own a suit. Okay, that's, this picture is hot off the press. That's less than 24 hours ago that I wore a suit and I actually wore a tie. Okay, I don't do it often, but I do have those things for like funerals, as you can see there. Uh, and then I will wear them in, in weddings as well to go and do this. And so this was... Uh, uh, the bride is uh, Bethany's cousin, and uh, she stood in as the, the bride for Bethany when we got married uh, 15 years ago, and so it was a, it was a privilege to get to go and to, uh, to do her, her wedding yesterday. It was just a, a really neat thing. But today, we're talking about don't flip-flop 
double entendre there, like that, like how we did that. Don't flip-flop on your faith. And that's an easy thing to do, am I right? It is easy to back away from our faith because we get distracted. Well, 10 years ago next month, Bethany and I, we moved to Panama City. And we were there for a period of about three years doing ministry down there. And, and living in Panama City is interesting. Living at the beach is, is different from anywhere else I've lived. You know, I, I grew up in the Atlanta area. I've lived in Alabama. I've lived in North Georgia. I've worked in Tennessee. But living in, in Panama City was different than anywhere that I have ever lived before. And as you can imagine, there were a lot of distractions. Okay? And especially at certain times of year. Okay? Because the way the beach works is it draws people there. I can't imagine why that happens. But people are drawn to the beach. In fact, some of our people are at the beach this morning. And, uh, you know, there are certain times of year that if you live down there, you don't go to the beach. Okay? Basically, the months of March and April, you avoid those because that's spring break. Okay? And in March, all the college kids start rolling into town. Okay? And then they have their fun, and then they go back home. But in, in, uh, in April, the high school kids come rolling into town, and, and they, have, they have their fun. And so, you know, as a, as a local will tell you, you know, don't cross over the bridge and go out there during those times because it's just a madhouse. Well, when we first moved there, I needed to go, and I went out there and got stuck in the traffic for like four hours trying to get home. And it was just, you know, it was a, a spectacle to, to behold. Um, and there's also a couple of different things. How many, how many motorcycle riders do we have here? How many bikers do we have here? We got a few. You guys been to Bike Week down there before? No, you have two. Uh, yeah, yeah, Bike Week, you know, they got two weeks of Bike Week. There's one earlier in the year. And then my favorite one is, is during the fall. Uh, and the reason why is, uh, well, a couple of things. One, there's no helmet law in, in the state of Florida. And so all of these bikers that have not, that don't live in Florida, but they're coming to Panama City, they cross the line and they pull over and they take their helmets off, okay? And then they come rolling into Panama City about an hour later and their face is completely covered with love bugs. And they're like picking them out of their teeth, you know, because that's, in the fall, that's love bug season. And so it's really fun to watch them do that. Then they put their helmets back on and they just ride around with them the rest of the time. But it, it, it's really interesting. It's an interesting place to live and there's lots of things on there and there's lots of distraction. And, uh, you know, we've all seen the show uh, Cops. Well, in, in Panama City during, during spring break, you know, they, you have all these officers that are out there and they're, they have the, the beach version of cops, you see all these teenagers just doing the dumbest things you can possibly imagine, jumping off balconies and doing things and throwing things into swimming pools, and it's just absolutely crazy. But there's a, a, a lot of distraction. But you know, you don't have to go, you don't have to go to somewhere like Panama City or somewhere else to be distracted. Am I right? You can be distracted anywhere. In fact, you can be sitting in church and be distracted. Am I right? Now, I, because I have shorts on, some of you may be distracted. I hope that's not the case. But you can sit in worship, and you can be completely distracted. You can be 
focused on other, other things. You know, how we, we spend our free time, what we do, how, you know, how we're guarding our minds. They, those kinds of things, they can affect our faith. What we do with our vacation times, you know, those things can affect our, our faith. Um, and uh, so let me put this up here. As, as we begin our vacations or go on our vacations, you know, we've got fall break coming up soon, and we've just gotten back into school, it is easy to flip-flop on our faith or to sort of back off from our, our faith uh, just a little bit. And there's all kinds of, of, of reasons for this. You know, uh, as, as adults, we can be fairly distracted, yes or no? Our jobs get us going here and there and everywhere, and we have all of these different commitments, and those can, those can be completely distracting to us. But a lot of us, you know, we have children. Our children are involved with things, whether it be at, at school or whether they're in a sport or whether they are, are in the band. And more and more and more, we are seeing people choose children's activities over worship. Yes or no? Oh, that's silent. That must be on a nerve there. Am I right? Do we not see that? I mean, you see that more and more. I mean, I remember the day. Do you remember the day when you didn't play ball on Sunday? Anybody remember that day? I mean, I remember that. I mean, occasionally, occasionally, we would go and we would have a ball game on a Sunday afternoon, and now it seems like you have all these travel teams and you have tournament ball and tournaments they take place on the weekends and it tends to pull people out of of their commitment their commitment to church and that happens you know I remember when I was in eighth grade in fact I remember uh, eighth grade football practice pick me up uh, my mom picked me up on Wednesday night and I thought she was taking me home and then I could shower and then and then go to church but she didn't she just took me straight to church in all my football gear Okay, and that was wrong because, you know, middle schoolers are prone to stink anyway, okay? And I had just come, to foot, uh, come from football practice, and so I was really stinky. But the message was, hey, look, we don't care if you're playing football. We're going to church. You're going you're gonna to be there. This is, this is Im- important to us. But it seems as our, our world progresses and as things get busier, we sort of pull back on... On, on some of those commitments. Well, it's not just those kinds of things, but then we've got things like media, okay, and social media. And, and you know, we love those kinds of things. You know, and, and social media is, is great, and I enjoy it most of the time, but there's a lot of it, man. I just, I just get so sick of, of reading the things that are out there because there's so much negativity. There's so much hate. There's so much vile, and I just... I don't want to read that stuff. And so, you know, what I try to do, what I would encourage every one of us to do, if you're on social media, is use it to affect change. Use it positively. Share positive stories. Share good things that are going on in your life. Share good things that you see else doing for a person or that has done. That's a, that's a great way to, 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 to do that and, and to change things. Um, I, I read a stat this morning that said that teenagers spend an average of 31 hours a week, that's over four hours a day, uh, engaged in some sort of, of, of social media. Okay, and, and that's why a lot of times now they're referred to as, as screenagers because they spend, you know, they spend so much time 
in front of those things, and they can be completely distracting. And, you know, I, I love my cell phone, okay, and I love it. Who's, who's got a cell phone in here? Come on, you be honest with me. I got one. I just admitted it. We all have cell phones, okay? We all have, have cell phones. And, you know, they can be used to a great purpose, okay? But we have to make sure that our cell phone is, is being used for us and we're not being used by the cell phone. You know what I'm talking about? We have to make sure it is doing what we need it to do and we're not just so constantly stuck in it that we can't get away from it. Look at this, look at this graphic right here. Uh, this is a, a strong visual image. You have a husband and wife and they're, they're, they're laying in bed, looks like maybe before they go to sleep for the evening and there's the cell phone right in the middle. Uh, got uh, a, a mother and a, and a child sitting over here and they're sitting on the couch, and there's the cell phone dividing them. You have a father and a son sitting over at the, the breakfast table, and there's that cell phone that is dividing us. It's like the, the cell phone, it's, like it's, it's almost like it's, it, we've outsmarted ourselves with it. You know, they're, 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 they're so great at, at bringing people together, yet in a lot of ways they're, they're tearing us further apart. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? And more and more and more, our relationships are becoming virtual instead of actual. You know what I'm talking about? And, and because of, you know what we're losing? We're losing intimacy. We're losing the ability to make eye contact with people and to have conversations. And so now when somebody does this, it just kind of freaks you out a little bit. <laughs> All right, you're freaking me out. Okay. But we're losing those things. You know, uh, like I said, these things are, are okay and they are great and they can be used for good, but at the same time, it's things like that that can distract us. Things that are meant to help end up hindering us and pull us away from what our, 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 focus, what our focus should be. Uh, you know, we have... Uh, we have relationships, and uh, all of us have relationships. And the question is, what kind of relationships do we have? We have relationships with people that are leading us into a deeper walk with God. Or are we in relationships with people that are leading us out of our walk with God? You see, and that can, that can happen. And if we're in those kinds of relationships and if our faith is important to us and you have those people that are sort of just leading us away from God, leading us away from our faith, leading us away from Christ, then we might need to say, wait a minute, I, 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 can't, I can't focus on, on you right now because you're taking my focus away. You're taking off of what, what should be the most important and that's my relationship. That's my relationship with Jesus. You know, and, and with some exceptions, not, not all of these things we've talked about, they're not, they're not bad in and of themselves. But if they go unchecked, they can affect our faith in a, in a very negative way. Am I right? Are you with me? Good. So, during these times, you know, when we go on vacation, when we go on trips, when we do all these things, as school is getting back, kind of started in the swing of things, it is, it is so easy. It is so easy to take a vacation from our faith as well, right? You go on vacation and we just sort of relax a little bit and go through your summer schedule and it just, you know, it comes back, 
you're trying to get back in the swing of things, but you just can't, you know, because you, you have it. You know what I'm talking about? I, 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 I can do that. I can find myself in that position. The other side of the coin is that school starts back, and it is constantly going, okay? And you're, you're readjusting routines, and you're getting back to bedtimes, and then, you know, then the, the after-school stuff starts, and you're going, 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 going. It seems like you got something every night of the week. And so what happens is we can back from, from other things, other things that, that are weightier and, and might matter uh, just a little bit more. So we want to ask ourselves, uh, what can we do to make sure that we don't take a, a vacation from our faith? What can we do to make sure we don't flip-flop on our faith? Paul writes to the Colossian church, and he is giving them some advice, and this is what he says. He says, so if you have been raised with the Messiah, seek what is above where the Messiah is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on what is above, not on what is on the earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with the Messiah in God. When the Messiah, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. And as I, as I look at that, that text, there's those short four little verses, I see that there's, there's four takeaways from this. The first is this, is that we're supposed to set our hearts on what is above. That's about making sure our priorities are in the right order. That we look at our life and we look at all of the different things that we're involved in, all of our scheduling, all of our traveling, all of these different things, and we say, okay, first and foremost, First and foremost has got to be my relationship with Christ Jesus. That's, that's got to be number one. And I'm going to set my mind on, on things that are above. And the second thing that I'm, I'm not going to do is I'm not going to set my mind and my heart, I'm not going to set it on the earth. Because there's so much distraction. There's so many things to, to draw us away. There's so much negativity and evil that wants to pull us away. There's so much apathy that, that wants to just get inside of us. And Paul is saying, look, don't, don't set your mind on the, on the things of the earth. Put your faith foremost in, in Christ Jesus. You know, Jesus said something about that as well, didn't He? He said, seek first what? The kingdom of God. And what? His righteousness. And if you'll do that, everything else you need for life, everything else you need will be given to you. And they're not necessarily everything else we want. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I want, but I definitely don't need. You know what I'm talking about? But for the most part, everything that I need in life God provides for me. And that's what He does for us. That's His, His promise that if we will put Him first, chase after Him above anything else first, that He'll provide everything else we need. And you know, that's sort of the, that's sort of the rhythm for life. Put Him first. Everything else usually just seems to fall into place the way that it's, it's supposed to. Or at least that's the way it works in my life when I'm 
putting him first. You know what I'm talking about? When I'm not, man, things are haywire. I feel out of whack. I feel like I'm scattered. I feel like I'm running here and there and everywhere else, and I have no focus whatsoever. And I, I, I get so busy that you know what happens? I start to rationalize. I start to tell myself, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a minister. I, I study all the time, so I'll back off on my, my personal times with, with God so I can go and do these other things. And every time I do that, I feel it. And yeah, I mean, I, I am spending time, but that's so that I can come in here and, and, and do this. That's, I'm, I'm missing that personal time, that one-on-one -on -one time with, with God, that one-on-one -on -one time uh, in, in, in the Word. You know, and it's so easy it's so easy to be distracted by everything else that is going on. I don't think anybody intentionally, I don't think anybody intentionally becomes so distracted that they stop focusing on their faith. I think it just sort of happens over time. You know what I'm talking about? It's like the, the, the frog in the, in the water. And you just slowly turn up the heat and it, it, it boils to death. I think it's sort of that way that we just get so much going on and we have so many commitments and we say yes to, to so many different things. We stretch ourselves thin with our time. We have no margin left in our lives that our faith kind of takes a hit for. You know, God did not create us. He did not create us or intend us to be busy every hour that we have. You know that? He created on six days, and what did he do on the seventh? He rested. Did God need to rest? He didn't need to rest. So why did he rest? To give us an example. To show us a, a pattern of, look, yeah, work, but you also have to rest. You have to take time. Take time for worship. Take time for for yourselves, take time for your family, take time for, for, for communion with, with one another. You see, but if, if our minds are focused on everything on the earth, guess what? We're not going to have margin. We're not going to have rest. Our lives are going to be out of sync and, and have no rhythm. But if we set our minds on Christ and, and, and what is above, and we can get the order right. We can get our priority where it, where it needs to be. The third thing is, you have died. You have died to the old ways of life. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, if you have named Him as, as your Lord and Savior, and you've put Him on in baptism, that old way of life is gone. It's no more. Now what happens is, a lot of times, when we start focusing on things on the earth, we let the old self kind of grow back. Some of those old habits begin to, to, to creep in. But what he is reminding them is, look, those old ways, you've, you've died those old ways. Don't be distracted by them again. You have, you have put them off. Don't be distracted. And then finally, the Messiah is your life. He's saying this is your new life. This is what's most important. This is what, this is what real life is about. It's about Jesus Christ and his, his sacrifice, that he went to a cross and he took away our sins. And because of that, he 
offers us something better. He offers us, he offers us new life. So what can we do? What can we do to ensure that we don't flip-flop on our faith? Well, I've got, I've got four things that we can do. And I, I put them in an acrostic that has absolutely no, nothing to do with flip-flop on our faith and beach and water day and all this. Uh, and it, it's pass. Maybe it'll be, you know, don't pass out while you're out there having fun in the sun. Okay? But right here. So make sure that we don't flip-flop on our faith. Prayer. Stay connected to God on a daily basis. If you need to carve out some time before you, know, before you go to work or before you go to school, do it. If you can't do it in the morning, find some time. If you can do it throughout your day, if you can do it on your lunch break or whatever, or if you do it before you go to bed at night, find some time, even if it's just a little bit where you check in with God and say, hey God, this is what's going on in my life. Do this especially when you feel distracted. And you feel like you're, you're, you're disengaging. That's when we need to talk to him the most. Say, hey, look, I've got this going on in my life, and I've got all of these things, and it's pulling my focus away. And I just I need you to help me get refocused on, on what I need to do. The second thing is we need accountability in our lives. Okay, if I don't have people asking me how I'm doing with something that I'm struggling with, guess what? I'm going to continue to struggle with it. You know what I'm talking about? That's just, that's just the way it works. And so I've got people that are built into my life that are going to ask me things. They're going to ask me, am I struggling with this? How am I doing with this? How is your faith? How is your, your, your walk with God? Okay? And one of the, the best ways to do this is to connect to the, the spiritual family, to the body, to the, to the church. Okay? And so if, you, if you're not connected... I would encourage you to plug in to your spiritual family. Okay, to plug into that, 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 that lifeline where you've got this, this power source. You have these people that are going to encourage you, that are going to be with you, that are going to lift you up when you're going through very, very difficult times. Uh, the third thing is, is scripture reading. This one is like prayer. We need to make this one a daily habit. And this is where we're, we stay connected to the story. The story of, of God. The story of, of God's people, Israel. The story of, of Jesus. The story of, of the church. The story of us. We have to make sure that we are staying connected to God. You know, I, I remember, you know, I know a lot of times we get busy and it's tough and we forget about it. And that's one of the great things about, about phones is what, you know, we've got a Bible app on our phone. I mean, you notice this. Tim was up here a few minutes ago. He read the, the call to worship right there from his phone. And that's one of the great ways that, that it can be used. You know, and you can do that if you, uh, uh, as, as you get ready to begin your day. You know, sometimes we'll sit down at the table and Bethany will open up her phone and we'll, we'll read a verse together. But we have to make sure that we carve out some time to spend alone in God's Word. I remember we went to Disney World uh, one year on, on vacation. Okay, and if you've ever been to Disney World, you know there's no vacation about that at all. I mean, you're constantly moving, but one year we went, and, and I, I'd never done this before, but I thought, you know what, every time we go on vacation, I always, you know, I get disconnected, I get unfocused, I forget what day of the week it is, and I don't want to do that, and I want to stay connected, and I took my Bible with me, and 
I'd get up just a little bit earlier before we'd go and get in all the madness and those lines and everything. I'd just go and sit, and I was able to read the entire book of Psalms while I was at Disney World. And, and you're probably thinking, well, yeah, you're a preacher. You read all the time. You read fast. No, I am not a fast reader at all. Okay, yeah, I read a lot, but I don't read a lot fast. Okay, but it was that, that making that concerted effort to sit down. I'm going to dedicate this time to God. You know what? I felt more rested coming back from that vacation at Disney World than any other vacation I'd ever had. And I think it was because as I'm staying connected to the story, God is reminding me who I am. It's reminding me to, to stay in touch with him, reminding me that my strength comes from, from him. And then the last one is this, and Jeffrey talked about this just a few minutes ago, serve. The best way to stay connected to the heart of Jesus is to serve. You know, at Cornerstone, we have lots of, of service opportunities. We're a, uh, I think I can classify us as a, a mission-minded church. We have outreach on our mind, and we have service on our minds. We do lots of um, service things. And if, if you're looking for a way to make sure that you're staying connected, one of the best ways to do that is to serve. In fact, if you're here today and you want to serve, guess what? we got all kinds of opportunities today. You know, there's, you know we, can, we got games that you can supervise and watch over and there's food that can be served and all of these things and so if you're looking for service opportunities we've we've got some one of the the greatest things that that we do and i i love this one of our, our the greatest ways that 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 we serve but really it serves us more than anything is when when we go over and, and we go see our friends over at providence we're at providence plaza you know we we went over there with with you know, a, a, a mission in mind and you know we go there and we, we spend time with them and we serve and uh, it's always great and I always leave there tell us every time I come back from Providence I don't feel like I've served at all I feel like you guys have served me way more than I've served you and it's such an incredible thing Mac you know how it is I mean it's just uh, it's such a joy to to be there and to get outside of our building and to just spend time with God's people in, in fellowship and serving and talking and hearing people's stories and hearing their backgrounds and seeing where they're from and, oh, yeah, well, I know somebody that lived there too. And, yeah, this is, I used to do that kind of job. You know, you make these connections. And that's all part of community. That's all part of fellowship. That's all part of, that's all part of what it means to, to live and, and be a part of, of God's kingdom and serving others is one of the the greatest ways that that we can do that to make sure that we don't that we don't flip-flop on our faith and so you know we we come to the end here you know it's been kind of a just kind of a goofy message kind of a, a funny message for fun in the sunday but there are some there's real truth in this passage that we've looked at and it's, it's first and foremost we have to make sure that our priorities are where they're supposed to be. We have to make sure our priorities are, 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 are Jesus first. For those of us who have named the name Jesus, that should be our, our number one priority. Now, that if you've not, then that's, understandably, that's not going to be your number one priority. But for those of us that have given our lives to Jesus, that should be number one, yes or no? That should be number one. But a lot of times, it's not. A lot of times we get focused on other things and we let our, our work commitments 
We let our family commitments, we let our, our leisure, our travel schedule, we let our kids' uh, activities, whether it be something uh, after school or a sport or a band or whatever it might be, we let those things come in and we let those things dictate our schedule, right? You know what I'm talking about? If we're followers of Christ, the first time that we give to any place or person should be into His kingdom. And you see, when we do that, everything else will take care of itself. Everything else will fall in line. So that's what I would, would encourage you. If you've gotten your priorities out of whack as I have so often, just give it back to God. God, I've blown it. I've got my priorities messed up again. I need to start over with you. I'm going to cut some things out. I'm going to trim some things back where I need to. I'm going to create margin in my life so that I have time for prayer, that I can be accountable to and, and, and for other people, so that I can spend time reading your story and so that I have time to, to serve others and advance the, the kingdom of God that way. And if you've not done those things, I encourage you just to turn back to God and let Him show you how to create that margin in your life. If you've never given your life to Jesus, you don't have to wait. There's not like a probation period, you know, there's not like a 30-day waiting, anything like that. If you believe in Jesus, if you come to faith in Jesus and confess His name, you can be a part of the body of Christ this day. This day, that's what He offers us. Confess that Jesus is Lord. Be baptized into His name. It's in that baptism, connecting with what Jesus did. He was buried. He, he died. He was buried. And he was resurrected. That's what happens at baptism. We're, we're dead because of our sins. We go into that water. We're buried with Jesus. And just as He came out of that tomb, as we come up out of that water, we're raised to new life. We're given a new start in the kingdom of God. New life. And so you don't have to go away hurting. You don't have to go away bearing a, a burden that God never intended for you to bear. You can go home washed by the blood of Jesus this day. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how bad you think you have blown it. Jesus says, come just as you are. I don't care. There's nobody that is too sinful for Jesus. There's nobody that's too dirty for Jesus. Okay, that's why he told stories like the prodigal son. Stories that were meant to shock the church people. Because he was drawing people that were known as sinners and tax collectors, the lowest of the low. And he told those stories in earshot of the church leaders because they were blocking entrance to the kingdom of God. And Jesus is saying, look, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your status is. The kingdom is open for all and everybody has a seat around the table if they want it. Come to Jesus just as you are. If we can pray for you, if we can help you in any way, if we can baptize you into Jesus' name today, why don't you come while we stand and sing just as I am?